Welcome to the Life in the Red podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star, your source for Husker news, analysis, and more. From football in the fall to recruiting in the summer, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Bassnett, Parker Gabriel, and Stephen M. Sipple. Three, two, one. Welcome in, Life in the Red podcast. That's Steve. I'm Chris. There's Parker. Happy Thanksgiving, one and all. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, November 24th, 2.53 p.m. Uh, I've just started putting my son down for a nap. He's currently standing up in his crib as I watch him on the baby monitor. So if I go flying out of here, you'll know why. Um, because he went Nebraska. flying out of the crib. Yeah, no. exactly. No, please, God. Please, God, no. Um, that mom would be very unhappy. With, with, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to all. Nebraska, Iowa football Friday, wrapping up the season for the Huskers. Adrian Martinez not playing. We'll touch on that, of course. Uh, we'll talk a little hoops. We'll talk a little more football, and, and we'll get you out of here and get you ready to eat the mashed potatoes. So um, Scott Frost met with the media today, last last media availability of the season, um, of the regular season anyway, before the game. Kind of wild to say, but um, talked covered several topics, covered Adrian, covered his quarterback situation. Parker, you were there. What were kind of your takeaways from what Scott Frost said today? Yeah, well, the first, I guess the biggest piece of news today was that he said that Adrian Martinez was having shoulder surgery today, Wednesday, um, which that's fast, you know, I mean, it just suffered the injury on Saturday. Um, he'll be, you know, first day post-surgery by Thursday. So um, that's a quick decision and I, or a quick, you know, decision and, and, and execution on the surgery. And then the other thing, I think it's going to be a pretty quick decision on what Adrian Martinez's future looks like. Um, I don't know if we'll know before the game, but Frost said, you know, he thought, I asked him if there was a sense of urgency to figure out what Adrian Martinez was going to do, um, because it obviously, we're going to talk about this, it, it, it affects a lot of things for Adrian, obviously, and for Nebraskans. So, and he said, yeah, there is. And I, I don't think it'll be long uh, before there is, there's a decision on that. So, that's the latest with Adrian Martinez. Obviously, Logan Smothers now gets his first start. Um, Frost said they're not going to reinvent the wheel. Um, they're going to tailor a game plan to fit what they think Logan Smothers does well and what they think offensively will work well against Iowa. It's sort of interesting. Like, this will be the sixth game this year that Smothers has played in, but it's obviously the first time he's gotten a full shot of first-team repetitions in practice for a week. And it's the first time they've tailored a game plan in any way, shape, or form around his strong suits. So how how that works, obviously they're playing against a really good defense. How that works, whether we see Heinrich Harburg at all in the game, uh, all that to be determined. But Frost said Logan Smothers handled the week really well, seems ready to go, um, and, and they're comfortable rolling him out there against a, a pretty good Big Ten West defense. I hope, I hope this uh, Logan Smothers – has the attitude of, yeah, this is going to be my job. I'm, I'm, this is where it starts. The, that's what you hope he has. I don't, you hope he says, I don't care who they bring in the portal. Um, let's go. Let's, my first start is going to be a win against Iowa. Um, and, you know, Adrian, Adrian was great, but I, I can get this done. And it'd be really interesting if it looks that way. Interesting on a lot of levels, by the way. Um, but he has a chance here to – to assert, you know, assert himself as a favorite for the starting job, I would think. Um, if he's if he goes out and beats Iowa in his first start, um, that would go a long way with the coaching staff. 
It's funny think with so? the way you think, this... you think that would. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I do. It's funny with the way this week has gone, you know, short week and, and obviously a lot of news and all that. I hadn't even really, it's not that I give Nebraska no chance of winning, but I hadn't exactly contemplated that yet of like, what if Logan Smothers now simple, you know how I feel about this wins and losses are not a quarterback stat, right. but if right. Logan Smothers begins his career one and oh with a win against Iowa, I mean, that'd be, be pretty interesting. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. And that would be like that would be like in the weirdness of Nebraska football. That'd be like the that's like the most like obvious outcome, right? Like they go out there and just look like a million bucks and beat Iowa and restart the hype machine going into the off season. So yeah, it's it's going to be. I think they will use both quarterbacks. Actually, um, I think I think Henrik comes in for a series or two, maybe in the second quarter, just get his feet wet, a little change of pace. Uh, we'll see. Maybe I'm completely wrong on that, but. You know, it feels like there's some stuff they can do with with Logan, whether it's in the option game, using his feet maybe a little more than they've used Adrian's uh, the last few weeks. At this point, you know, what do you have to lose? You just put another freshman out there if he gets dinged up. So they haven't guess, put that. They haven't dusted off that uh, two quarterback section of the playbook since the uh, McCaffrey Martinez days. So maybe put them both a, out there at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Line Harburg up as an H back. Who knows? Yeah, maybe send him out on a pass route. See what happens. That'd be interesting. Go, go, go ahead, Heinrich. See what happens. A little double pass. We'll throw it. We'll throw it back to Heinrich, and Heinrich's going to rip one down the field to to the big man Omar Manning. We'll see. Um, I guess this. Uh, anything else you guys want to add on the quarterback situation nope. before we move to the hot topic here? Nope. Hot topic. Uh, like Parker said, Adrian Martinez having surgery today on his injured shoulder. He's got a decision to make, of course. He can come back for another year. He can move on. He can transfer. It's it's kind of all on the table for him. And so I, I think that that brings up an obvious question. The hot topic is what do you guys or what do we think Adrian Martinez's future holds uh, as a quarterback? You guys go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of uncertainty right from right from, you know, Jump Street right now. I just it's a terror thing that one of the things that as you sort of process the information. Um, it's just terrible timing for Adrian. You know, I mean, yep. you know, you never want to have this level of injury and let alone to a throwing shoulder for a quarterback. But man, I mean, it's really, t- it's really tough. And we'll see if there's any more information that comes out about, you know, the timeline, how long is it? It makes a big difference if they're, if he's, if they think he can be fully healthy and, two or three months, or if it's more of a six month variety, because if it's six months, you know, it doesn't matter if he's here in Lincoln uh, going through, you know, spring ball with a new position coach and a new coordinator, or if he transfers into somewhere else, uh, you know, if you're not healthy for spring ball, it's hard to see a clear route to him winning a starting job. I think, and I'm just, it's just, it's just odds, I guess. But to me, we're sitting here right now, if he's on, on the operating table today, it seems to me that his best chance to win a starting job at the power five levels, probably at Nebraska next year. I mean, that just, that just seems like all things considered Scott knows him. He knows Scott, they trust each other. They might feel like they need to move in a new direction. You cannot take the, the possibility that he leaves off the table at all. But I just think if, if the question is, where is Adrian Martinez most likely to start? 
next year and get real experience at the college level, I have a hard time thinking it's somewhere besides Nebraska. Go ahead, Baz. Yeah, I'm with you, Parker. I think there's a lot of uncertainty. I think we just don't know, right? There's, there's you, there's everything you touched on. There's the NIL side of it too. Yeah. You know, there might be a whole lot of money waiting out there for Adrian Martinez if he comes back to Nebraska in NIL deals where if, for example, he decides to try out the NFL, there's no guarantee he'll make a penny uh, playing pro football, you know? So there's, there's that part of it to consider too. Does he want to stay at the power five level? Does he want to transfer back home, maybe play for Fresno state where he would put up ridiculous numbers, no doubt uh, if, if he was fully healthy. Um, yeah. It's, you know, I think it's all on the table right now. I think the future holds everything. It, he's, it's just a, like you said, Parker, it's just a, it's just a terrible spot to get, to have this happen up at any time is good, but man, it's just, there's so many unknowns right now. Who's the offensive coordinator. If I transfer, what kind of system am I going to? Who wants me? Are they going to bring somebody in the portal? Who knows? So yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating topic. And, and as Scott Frost said, we'll probably get an answer pretty quickly on, on what he decides, which um, it's going to be interesting if, if it's like the other guys, I mean, so it's, a video is going to pop up on Twitter here in the next few days and then we'll figure That's, out what's yeah. going to happen. You know, but, yeah, simple, it's fascinating. before you launch into the simple one thing on the NIL front, I mean, Nebraska's really has become really good in that department. They've got a lot of resources in that regard, but I think you also can't discount the possibility that they're going to need a big, you know, they're going to need NIL money to step forward to get another quarterback out of the portal. Yeah. You know, like if they're bringing somebody else in or got a lot of transfers they want to try to bring in, I mean, there's not an unlimited number of dollars to go around. And so how that puzzle fits together isn't going to be the deciding factor, but it could be a factor. Yeah. There might be an unlimited amount of dollars to go around, but I, I I got nothing really further to add, except I don't expect Adrian to make an announcement before the game. It's not really his style. Um, um, So I would expect something sometime after Friday. I, I just don't think he would do that right now. Uh, especially he's being operated on right now. Yeah. If you did it right now, that would yeah, be probably like not from, from the operating, operating table yeah. or, or I don't even would expect maybe, I mean, maybe do it tomorrow. I, I just don't think that would be, it doesn't seem like Adrian's style. Um, and I don't know what his Thanksgiving plans are. Um, so that's a factor too. So that's that. Thank, that, wow, that was what a great a hot addition, Thank, that was that was a great addition by you. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. We'll kind of stay. We'll kind of stay in the same vein here. Of course, of course. one of the things we just mentioned was um, who's the offensive coordinator going to be for Nebraska next year. Don't know that yet. It's not public yet. We we know there's probably work going on behind the scenes. Scott Frost has certainly talked to people, engaged interests, and things like that. And something we've talked about before, but it's probably worth mentioning again until we know who this person is. And, and, you know, I, I guess the, the question or the topic is how quickly do we expect that OC position to be filled? And simple just got hired to be the offensive coordinator at Nebraska yeah. is what just yeah. happened. He took the money and ran literally. He did take the money and run. So yeah, it's again, it's like, I feel like, it feel like it's something that, I feel like it's something that has to happen quickly, right? Because like you got to fill out the rest of the offensive staff. Yeah. You got to, you know, you got to, you got to recruit. If you got to find a new quarterback in the portal or whatever, you got to, you got to do all, you got to do a lot of stuff 
pretty quick and signing date coming up of course in December as well. So yeah, if, who knows when it's going to happen? I think it happens pretty quickly though. After the end Yeah. So do I, so do I, I mean, I, I, especially the coordinator position. I mean, there's a, I, I don't know this for sure. I mean, I think there's a possibility that they have candidates, whether it's a short list or a guy that they're targeting or whatever identified. And if that's the case, there's an awful lot of schools whose seasons are ending on Saturday. Um, and then also, you know, I mean, I think we were talking about this earlier, like the, a bowl game, unless you're playing in the Rose Bowl or a playoff game or whatever, is is probably less likely to keep a candidate where he is rather than, um, you know, jump in after the regular season ends. So I tend to think that it's possible something will happen quickly, um, you know, after the full slate of college games ends on on Saturday. Now, does that mean like Sunday morning? I, I don't maybe maybe into next week, um, but I think it's certainly possible that it's going to move fast. And it could be too, that, you know, maybe they have one staffer identified or two staffers identified that aren't the coordinator, but they know they want somebody on the staff and any of that, um, you know, is possible that, that, that there's movement on that front. Um, I would say, I mean, like, could it happen tonight or on Friday, I guess, if something could get out, if, if anything was finalized, but I, I tend to think more that once the college football slate uh, is clear on Saturday, that you're sort of in uh, code red on that front. It would be pretty amazing if it happened like Friday morning at like 1130, like, Oh, he's here. He's at the stadium. He's going to watch the game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That, that would be very interesting. Simple. What do you think? That'd be next week. Well, I mean, we don't have a lot of answers. I don't, it's hard to talk about. I mean, there's, I mean, we had we have virtually no nothing really concrete to say. I mean, yeah, they got to move fast. Um, I hope they move fast, um, but it, I don't know. It's hard to know exactly what they're doing right now. No right. clear answers. Yeah. No clear answers. Steve Sipple, no clear answers. That's going to be his autobiography <laughs> coming out next year. How do you feel? Well, I mean, it's true. How do you feel? I mean, we can talk. We can talk like we know what's going on when we really don't. Yeah, we don't. No, we don't. We don't. I think we've made it pretty clear that that we made it pretty clear we don't know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On that note, should we actually talk about the game that's going to happen on Friday night or Friday afternoon? I guess Friday shortly afternoon, twelve thirty p.m. Memorial Stadium, Nebraska versus Iowa, regular season finale for the Huskers. Iowa trying to win the Big Ten West title. They need a win and a Wisconsin loss to make that happen. Wisconsin playing Minnesota. Uh, is that game Friday or Saturday, Parker? That Wisconsin Minnesota game. Saturday. I think Nebraska Iowa is the only Big Ten game on Friday. One on Friday. So there you go. It's been a one possession game, of course, all three years uh, that Scott Frost has been here. It's been a last second field goal in two of those. Nebraska's also had its normal starting quarterback uh, for for all three of those games. Iowa's offense is god awful. Maybe the worst one they've had in. in in several years, which is saying something when you look at their stats, but the defense is elite. The special teams are very elite. Um, Interesting match. I I saw it. I forget who wrote. I saw it online somewhere yesterday. Somebody wrote Nebraska plays well and doesn't win. And Iowa plays lousy and wins. Like that's a, that's a pretty good way to describe it. I think so. Yeah. Interesting matchup. I mean, can Nebraska do enough offensively to make Iowa have to work on that side of the ball? Can they not turn it over? You know, that's the real key against Iowa. If you don't turn it over, you're going to have a pretty good chance to win because that's how they generate a lot of their points uh, is they've got 21 interceptions this year. 
most in the country. They, they, that defense is opportunistic. They, they can set their offense up with short fields. They, they score in the return games, whether it's punt, kickoff. They did against Illinois last week, took a kickback 100 yards for a touchdown. It's, they, they score a lot of ways that aren't with their offense, and that's going to be the key for Nebraska, I think, is can they, can they take care of the ball in a manner that they really haven't done a whole lot this year? I got a stat for you guys. Let's hear it. Charlie Jones, the return man, punt and kick return man for Iowa, has 869 total return yards so far this year. 869. 580 on a kickoff, 289 punt return. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nebraska, as a team, has 217 return yards. So Charlie Jones alone has four times the return yardage as Nebraska's entire team. Bullets offended by that stat. Bullets taken aback by those numbers. Who's a neighbor? Come on. He's um, <laughs> yeah, Charles Jones is pretty good. He's got, he's got he can he can he can motor. He's got some motor. Yeah, that kickoff, he was running away from dudes uh on Illinois. Um, and not that he was touched or slowed down in any way, but I mean that's it's it's really that simple, right? Like Iowa's elite at special teams. Nebraska's not very good. Iowa thrives on turnovers. Nebraska likes to turn it over. I mean, that's that's where it's at for the most part, I think. If it, Nebraska's got to be at worst competent in in those two areas, I think, to have a chance. And at best, they've got to play a, a better game than they have all year in those two departments. So I, that Iowa offense isn't scary at all. They, they've tried two quarterbacks. Alex Padilla, I think, is completing like 47% of his passes this year or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. He, start, he started the last two games. Neither of those guys, him or Spencer Petras, is a threat to run with the ball, both in negative rushing yardage this year when you factor in sacks. They have an outstanding center, probably the best center in the country, in Tyler Linderbaum, and they found some success in the running game kind of running behind him the last few weeks uh, since that Wisconsin game when they really got shut down, they've kind of found a little bit. The yards per carry hasn't been great, but the yardage has been good. So, I mean, that's what it is. You stop the run. You don't turn the ball over. You stay competent in special teams. The rest is going to have a shot. I hate to make it sound like I have concrete information here, but I think if Nebraska slows down the run game, Iowa's run game, they'll, they'll be right in there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you have to think there's probably a rebound performance in there for the black shirts after last week. Uh, with what happened against Braylon Allen in Wisconsin, you you would think maybe maybe that was a, a the start of a trend over these last two games. I guess we'll see. But Iowa's running backs don't scare me like Braylon Allen scares me. And <laughs> it literally that's yeah. that's a scary young man at, at 240 pounds. The but only yeah, the only the big question for Nebraska's defense is the is health, right? I mean, obviously Doman's out. Deontay Williams didn't sound good today from Scott Frost about his availability. Damian Daniels maybe maybe not. Um, and Caleb Tanner, maybe, maybe not. So, you know, there's up to Feldarius Payne's out for sure. So there's up to five guys that are in their, you know, regular rotation um, that, that we know of um, that are either out or seemingly doubtful-ish. And so that's not – that doesn't help you when you're, when you're going against a disciplined, you know, physical run game like Iowa. What does Daniels have? What's his injury? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. I, you know, is that I, I don't Caleb know exactly Tanner, what what's, what's Tanner got. That was a head neck situation. He took a shot to the head in that collision with Braylon Allen and was out. I mean, he was on the ground for quite a while and that was a, it was scary looking, but he was up and around and, and talking to teammates on the sideline during the second half. 
Uh, what's Felder is Felderius Payne going to play? Nope. He's got a arm injury uh, and he's out for us that on Monday, he will not play. But, but, so we don't know about Caleb Tanner. Oh, we don't, we don't. It's just, you know, if there's a, if that's a protocol situation, it's just a tight turnaround, you know, short week and all that it doesn't preclude him necessarily from playing. Um, but we don't know what his status is. And we don't know Damian Daniels, if he'll, if he's ready to roll or not. Ross said today that he can, he potentially could play, but then went into a spiel about how everybody's nicked up and that's just the way it is this time of year. What about Dante like, Williams? Well, well, let's just do the entire defense. Let's just do that. <laughs> yeah. Let's just run out every single player. Ross <laughs> said about oh, Deontay Williams today that it would be tight. And I just don't, you know, he, tight. He, pre- he was practicing last week and didn't play. Um, this week it's going to be tight for him to play. So t- make of that what you will, I guess. More, more like Feldarius in pain, which is why he won't play. Yeah. <laughs> Feldarius pained. Yeah, he's pained. Um, we didn't do this last week. We forgot. You guys want to do some predictions on this game? Sure. What do are we it. thinking? I can, I can go first. And you know what? Do it. I say screw it. Nebraska wins this game Ooh. Friday. I don't really have a good reason for thinking that other than it would be the most bizarre possible outcome, which would fit this season, I think. They've been close against Iowa the last three years. I think they can give Iowa, depending on how the game plan shakes out, and I obviously don't have any inside info, but it feels like Nebraska can give Iowa some trouble with the option game if that's the if that's the way they want to go with it. I feel like we could see more of that, and that's something Nebraska's had a lot of success with. They're not going to let Logan Smothers throw it a whole lot, I don't think, unless they need to. And, and if they do throw it and, and they're having some success in that option game around the ball, all of a sudden you've got play action. Maybe you've got guys that are another half step more open than they were before. So, again, like I said, Iowa's offense doesn't scare me as long <laughs> – this is a big this is a big if, but as long as Nebraska doesn't have a catastrophe in special teams, give up a return, as long as they don't commit several turnovers and set Iowa's offense up, I like their chances. So yeah, give me Nebraska by by one score. Nebraska wins by one score, 23 to 16 on Friday. Oh, go ahead, Parker. 27-20, Iowa. I think you know, I just it's like we've talked about one team finds a way to win these type of games, one team hasn't. Um and the Wisconsin Nebraska game last week and just the way that defense has all every defense seems to be a little beat up at this point. So I picked it maybe a little higher scoring than I would have six weeks ago, but yeah, Iowa 27, 20. It's hard to pick. It's hard to pick Nebraska with all those guys on defense hurt. Um, I do think Goodson can hurt them. Um, Maybe hurt them bad. Goodson's tough. He's fast and he's tough. Um, Good cutback runner. I think that could be available. Um, uh, you know, they don't have much, you know, Padilla's Padilla. He's not very good, but, you know, it's not like they lean on him to be good. Mm. And, you know, first time starter quarterback against that defense, it's really hard to pick Nebraska. It'd be almost disingenuous for me to do it. I'm going to pick Iowa 21 to 10. 21 to 10. There it is. All right. That means I pick up a game on you guys Friday in the pick'em contest up in the Browns yeah. game. So. All right. Should we uh, – any other football you guys want to touch on before we move on to hoops here? No, let's talk hoops. Let's talk hoops. Nebraska coming off a win last night, Tuesday night, um, against Tennessee State, uh, 
not are a lot more interesting than it should have been. Tennessee State, the lowest rated Ken Palm team Nebraska will play this year. Uh, they were down in the 320s last night when that game tipped off. Tennessee State led this game at halftime. They led this game with 12 minutes left. They were within one point with seven minutes left. And Nebraska kind of started to build a little cushion, got it up to 10 with 2.15 left. And a minute later, Tennessee State had it back down to five. So it's just a team that, again, is, is making it really, really hard on itself early in the year. Uh, it allowed Tennessee State to hit 13 three-pointers, 10 of them in the first half. Tennessee State went 10 of 19 from three in the first half. Nebraska was better in the second half. Nebraska, once again, really struggled to shoot the ball from the outside. Uh, and I've actually got a story, I think, that just went up on the website here. Within the last few minutes, Nebraska currently is one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the nation right now. Um, shooting 26.6% as a team from three-point range. And that's with C.J. Wilcher shooting 42% with the most attempts on the team. So that tells you how, how poor it's been in other places. If you go back over the last 25 years and look at the season-ending statistics from three-point range, right now this is the worst three-point shooting team Nebraska's had in the last 25 years. And, and think about some of the, the, the offensive teams Nebraska's had in that time. It's not what we expected, you know, coming – coming into this season with the shooters we thought this team had and the shooters Fred Hoiberg says this team has. So look, they got a long way to go. They have won three in a row. It's the first three game winning streak since Fred Hoiberg's first season when they lost the first two games and won three in a row. Um, decent chance to make it four on Saturday against South Dakota state, but that's no cakewalk. South Dakota state beat Tennessee state by 17 uh, the other night and, you know, they did what they had to do. They can score the ball. So Nebraska's got some things to work on. Um, you want positives. I think Alonzo Verge and Fred Hoiberg said this. Alonzo Verge played his best game of the season last night. Double-double, 18 points, 10 boards, 7 of 11 from the field. But it was really good picking his spots. Uh, didn't really force any shots. Uh, he and Derek Walker have a really nice thing going um, in the pick-and-roll game. At least five of Alonzo's assists last night were to Derek Walker uh, in the two-man game in the pick-and-roll. Derek Walker's 19 for 20 from the field over his last three games, which is good against error, much less against actual college basketball teams. They there's there's signs there that that Nebraska's starting to get it. They're trending toward being an elite uh, two point shooting team. I think they're 23rd in the country as of this morning hmm. two point shooting. Um, hmm. And think think back to last year, all the layups that team missed, all the struggles that team's had, you know, in the paint the last couple of years. So that's a good sign, but. They've got to shoot the three better. They've got to defend the three better. Rebounding is what it is. They're always going to struggle with that. But if you've got to, you've got to find find some answers beyond the three point line on both ends of the floor. Where were they picked in the Big Ten? Uh, tenth, I believe tenth, tenth or eleventh. Yeah. So looks I'm, a little high right now. Looks a little high, and I, I said a few times I wouldn't be surprised if Nebraska finished seventh in the league. I wouldn't be surprised if they finished twelfth. And, and right now it's trending toward the latter. Of those two, now we'll see again if they start shooting the ball better from outside. That that all changes, and maybe it maybe they do start shooting the ball better. But yeah, it hasn't been very good. You know, CJ Wilcher has been the one guy, like I said, that's really kind of lived up to the billing. Um, 42% on 26 attempts. Bryce McGowan's has struggled to get it going. Kesey Tomanaga struggled to get it going. Uh, Alonzo Verge has struggled to get it going. Matt Mayne's really struggled to get it going. They don't have anybody outside of Verge and Kobe Webster right now who's shooting better than 25% from three-point range. Webster's five for 10. He's only played in four games. And I think he had four of those against Crate, if I remember right. So 
I didn't, it's funny. I did not think offense would be the problem with this team. And, and so far the offense has been the problem. They've got to find some answers. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty cut and dry right now. A couple games in, you look at a team that's not shooting it good or shooting it really hot or whatever. And you say, it's just a couple games, you know, that could be anything. What, I mean, at what point is are five games in Baz or six games in, are, are we at the point where you start to wonder if, if it is going to come around and not, I mean, I, I'm not saying they're going to shoot 26% all year, but like at what point do you get the sense from the coaching staff that they're starting to wonder if this is actually a a good shooting team or if maybe they misjudged what, what they have in terms of, you know, gameplay and the ability to make shots in games. It's funny. uh, Like you said, they're only six games into the season. That's 20% of their schedule. You know, they're a fifth of the way through the season already, uh, which is kind of crazy. And Fred Hoiberg has said from the beginning, he he thinks Nebraska will shoot the ball better. He's very confident they will. And maybe part of that's just a coach trying to pump up his guys who are lacking some confidence. But Fred has not wavered in that at all. And he he the quote of the, the line of the night last night was, you know, we stat our practices. We've been statting them going all the way back to June. You know, when we play live action, when we scrimmage, and a lot of Nebraska's guys are shooting better than 40% from three-point range. And then, and then Fred kind of laughed and goes, well, maybe that's because of the defense we're playing too so then you know that, that's line. part of it it was a pretty good line so part of it is nebraska's missing open shots yes i think teams are doing a pretty good job of running nebraska off the line right now because i think they see what fred hoiberg sees and this team does have some shooters on it and you know it's we've seen it before you you miss a few shots you start to press a little bit maybe you take an, a challenge shot where you should have passed it or, or drove it or whatever so yeah look I, they're not going to shoot 26 percent all year I don't think they will anyway if they did again it would be historically bad oh, for, for this for for Nebraska and, and think about that so we'll see it's it's got to get better at some point you know if, if they can get a couple guys going I this team, I think, has the offense to play with a lot of teams, but they got to find it because the schedule is going to start getting hot harder real quick. South Dakota State's no, or South Dakota's no cakewalk on Saturday. Then you're at NC State. You got the neutral site with Auburn coming up. You got a couple of Big Ten games coming up here pretty soon. You're at Michigan and home against Indiana, and Indiana's been playing really good defense uh, the last couple of weeks. Then you got a few what's, more. Go ahead. South, South Dakota and Ken Pong? What, what's South Dakota like? 202. 202. Four and one. They have a. They have a. They've lost to. They lost to Drake ninety nine to fifty, I think it was, and they've won everything else. Now that's Tennessee State. That's, that's uh, Southern. <coughs> I think they played an NAIA team. Uh, look, Nebraska should win that game. Um, South Dakota came in here a couple of years ago, and, and Nebraska handled them pretty good. So, yeah, it's it's just it's. I, I don't know what to make of it. There's they're doing some pretty good things. Like I said, Alonzo Verge has looked great the last couple of games. Derek Walker's looked great. They're finishing inside, but they can't stop teams from making threes on defense and they can't make threes on offense, which sounds an awful lot like most of the years Tim Miles was the coach here. Um, so we'll see. They they got, like I said, they got South Dakota Saturday. Yeah, then you're at NC State a few days later. You're at Indiana. Uh, a couple days after that, and then you got Michigan at home, and then you're Auburn on a neutral court, and then you're Kansas State at home after that. So you got high major competition coming up your next five games, basically after this one. So they, they got to find something and find it quick here. Hmm. Yeah, last well, night was interesting because I was I wasn't that interested until it was 
Tennessee State was up at halftime and I saw the look on the coaches' faces like, oh, this would be not good if we lose this game. I mean, it would be a disaster, actually. Um, Tennessee, Tennessee State, 318th in the Ken Palm as of the Yeah, season. and then you'd have losses to Western Illinois and Tennessee State. And if you have any hopes of being a bubble team, they're almost done before December. Those two losses, you played a close game against Sam Houston State. Creighton had you down 19, 10 minutes on the game. You probably have a pretty good idea what kind of team you have uh, if, if Nebraska loses that game last night. So, but they won. And again, that's the thing. They won the game, man. Let's, yeah. not, let's not lose sight of that. They didn't win pretty. And look, a lot of Big Ten teams have not won pretty this year. And a lot of Big Ten teams have lost a lot of games this year. The conference as a whole, I think, has been pretty disappointing um, outside of Purdue, who's, who's looked outstanding um, it, early in the season. But look, the, the Big Ten's kind of gettable, as weird as that is to say. I'm not saying Nebraska's going to go win the Big Ten title, but it's it's gettable. It's there. We've seen it in the, in the non-conference. There's not a – outside of Purdue, there's not a team that you look at and go, oh, man, I don't know if Nebraska can get those guys. So – it's, it's there for Nebraska. If, if they're going to make a jump this year, they're certainly going to have the opportunity, but they've got to be better uh, offensively and de- defensively from beyond the three points. Yeah, I don't know what I'd make of the world if Nebraska wins the Big Ten. <laughs> how about that? That would be how about you and I? How about you and I covering the regular season finale at Wisconsin with Nebraska needing a win to win the Big Ten regular season title in basketball? We're staffed up. We got like four people at that game. Yeah, that would just, yeah we'd need four. There's four of us in Indianapolis for the Big Ten tournament where Nebraska is the number one seed in the Big Ten basketball. That would be incredible. It would be incredible. It would be incredible. I wouldn't know how to – I'm not even sure I could size that up. Yeah. (laughs) You can get good odds, put it that way. Nebraska currently ranked 308th national in in three-point percentage out of 354 Division I teams. So You'll get better. Nebraska 22nd nationally in two-point percentage. Think about Damn. that. They're, in the, uh, they're shooting 58.5% from two-point right now. You would think they're there'd be shots some, they want. You'd think there'd be some regression to the mean on both of those numbers. Yes, I think I think one will go down and one will go up uh, over the next over the next few weeks here as they start seeing some, some different competitions. So yeah, we'll deal with the football game Friday. Then we can worry about basketball after that and, and we'll see where it goes from there. Okay. All right, guys. Let's wrap happy, it up. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We want to thank you guys. Uh, we're thankful for you guys for, yeah. for watching, listening, uh, giving us a platform to do this every week and letting us ramble about stuff. So enjoy the time these next couple of days. We'll watch a football game Friday, and we'll talk to you again next week.